Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former City players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now enjoy the end of this generic recorded message and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode. I was out for 12 months so I thought I'd never play again. I was basically told from orthopaedic surgeon at the time that I had a 50-50% chance of coming back to play. Uh, I was probably 20-21 at the time. Obviously, to have that devastating news, I mean, it hit me hard. So, it took me over 12 months to get back on my feet. Um, obviously, didn't know how how I'd come back, how I'd respond back after such a long injury. But first thing I had to get out, play games, got on loan. So it's actually I went to Exxon from United on loan. Uh, spent a good month there, and it's actually probably the best game I played for Exxon. Was actually in City on Boxing Day. I was going to say, I, I seem to remember, uh, I mean, City won the game, but but you ran the show. Yeah, I mean, we had a few chances and we should have won the game, but yeah, I think City beat us 1-0 that day. Um, but it was, like I say, it was probably the best performance in the Wrexham shirt, and obviously it alerted Joe Wall at the time, and obviously they spoke to the gaffer Fergie at United, and um, obviously they come to agreement to ask me to come on loan. What, what was Main Road like when you got there? Um, obviously different to where I came from Old Trafford just understanding the, the, the magnitude of the size of the club but where they were in terms of the position and, and League One at the time and still getting like full house every week at Main Road um, I just wanted to go play soccer I would say I was out for 12 months and to have another opportunity to go to another club on loan I could have stayed at United it, was, it always gave you that, that, that choice if you want to go or not uh, but obviously I had a taste of First team football at Wrexham and then City coming in and understanding still playing in a full house. Of course, I had to jump at that chance because obviously at the time, been out for 12 months as I keep mentioning and trying to make it into the squad every week. It was tough tasks at United that time. Not many make that switch across uh, across town like that. What was that like? Yeah, and again, I'm a lad from Birmingham, so I didn't know the, 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 the history between the two clubs until I actually moved to City. So... Um, I think I was third in the history. I mean, there's been players that have come and come and gone, and and been, like, from United gone to other clubs and joined City. But to be direct, I think I was number three. Dennis Law, Brian Kidd, and myself. Between that kind of company, it was obviously the, yeah, it was cool. What what was it like when you got there? Because City had had a, a quite a poor start to that season, um, but the the form was picking up by that stage. Yeah, I mean, I think joined City, they were mid-table, and, and the, like I said, they were struggling. Um, obviously, they had good, that positive result on uh, Boxing Day in 98, uh, but then I came in February, I think it was, in 99, and then mid-table. Um, but I, I don't know, I don't sound like I've got a big ego or being big-headed, but I, I think that was probably the missing piece at the time, just to have that balance in the, in, in, in the squad. I think that really there wasn't really much of an out-and-out winger, and then I came in. I was a wide man. I was I was known for my delivery, my service into the box. And I think I was missing that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a very positive player as well, an attacking-minded player. Even though I can do the defensive side, so I was, I was up and down. 
old-fashioned winger. Uh, you don't see many of them these days. But I was up and down, good work ethic, and and I, and I think that helped and gave the, the team a bit of a, a boost, a bit of a lift. And obviously we went on a, a very good, decent run. I think we lost one game in 21 or 22, something ridiculous, and just missed out automatic promotion. When you've got players like Sean Gota and Paul Dickoff in the box as a winger, is that is that like is that just a dream to be able to put deliveries in? Yeah, in the old-fashioned centre-forward is a dying, dying breed as well, and a lot of clubs. But um, yeah, I mean, like back in them days, it's... If you're a striker, number nine, an old-fashioned striker, you need service in the back. So I was a, a blessing to Dickoff and, um, and Goats at the time, Sean Goater, because they were craving that kind of service. What do you remember of the build-up to the, the day at Wembley? Um, obviously, going through the playoffs, it was exhausting. Like I said, we just missed out on automatic promotion. We just missed out on second place to get promoted. So we had to go through the, the, like that prolonged season and going through the playoffs. And it was just exhausting because we had a, like a hard game against Wigan. Um, obviously, not many people know the old stadium. I can't remember what it's called, but God, go and play there and on that kind of surface. And it was just a battle. And obviously, in the game at home, it was, it was one-one, and the pressure was on us. Um, and obviously, we ended up sque- squeezing through one-nil at uh, Main Road for a member. And um, yeah, and, and again, it's just a build-up. It, again, it's just like it's really exhausting because you just knew. The magnitude of the game, the pressure of the like, like from the fans, and and just the pressure knowing that this club needed to be promoted, because if it didn't get promoted that day, and I was at the game, and everyone says it, it means you never know where it could be now. I mean, obviously, you still look at the championship and the league ones. There's like some huge, some huge clubs bigger than some Premiership clubs still can't get out of it. You got Leeds, Forest, you got some massive clubs, obviously two Sheffield clubs, but I know one's got promoted now, but again some huge clubs and you just never know. It's like and it's it's nice to see the clubs recognising that and, and, and appreciating what we did. Because obviously the contrast between the two teams today and, and in terms of where the clubs clubs were back in, in that in in ninety nine and to where they are now, it's it's it's, it's night and day. Were you nervous ahead of that game? No. Not at all, no. No, I was nervous when I was taking the penalty though, but lead, in going to the game I wasn't nervous. No, because I knew we were the better team on paper for sure. And going into it, um, even when I look back watching the highline stuff, we, we were the dominant team. Um, we were pressing the, pressing the game, we, we, we were taking the game, we, we were more aggressive. We were trying to win the game on the day. Where obviously Gillingham, they're just trying to pick up on the counter and, and the scraps, and obviously they did in, in the last 10 minutes. That's when they like, because we were still pushing, we wanted to win it in normal time. And obviously they sat back and, and done us twice on the counter attack. But again, it's just credit to the boys and the locker room, that time in the dressing room. Like, I've still never experienced that kind of team spirit in, in any club I played at. Um, and it showed that day, like, what tight bond the club was, like, even in the in obviously the, where the club was in dire straits, but to have that tight knit um, family feel, and and we stuck together, and even knew we didn't give up because we knew we could always come back. It's, it's a testament to what the boys did in '99. Talk me through your your penalty then. Yeah, I, I just remember um, walking up. In fact, Joe Wall before before he actually went round and asked who wants to take a penalty, and I know some lads said they didn't want to take one, and. He asked me, and straight away I just said yes. But then thinking, oh, okay, what have I just done? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I just said yes. But I just knew like, I had a responsibility of taking one. 
Um, I didn't think twice of it, but um, but that's when the nerves did settle in. All game, I wasn't nervous at all. But but as soon as I said yeah, and then walking up, and, and the stadium, obviously the stands was about half a mile away behind the goal. So literally, when you put the ball down on the spot and you looked up at the goal, the goal looked tiny. It looked like a five-side goal to me. That's why I kept it hard and low. I'd even look at the keeper, put the ball down, turn my back, walked out up to the 18-yard line, and then like soon the whistle blew a turn, and I just knew I was going to pick my spot. And that's why I kept it hard and low because literally the whole goal just shrunk. And it sounds a bit weird and a bit corny in a way, but it's, it's just like, yeah, it's in like 40,000 city fans behind the goal, and everything is just like stood still. And it's just it's like a, it's like probably a movie script where all of a sudden the, the goal just shrinks behind the goalkeeper Vince Bartram, and he's standing there. He seems about eight feet tall, and that's why I just banged it in the bottom corner. <laughs> when it that promotion, how much did that help the following season? The, the, just the manner of, of going up that year. Yeah, it was obviously the momentum, confidence was high, momentum. Because um, we started the season and the championship on fire as well. And you could just tell the club was on, on the roll. The fans were behind the team. Because when I joined the club, obviously the fans would, wasn't, wasn't in, had no belief in the team whatsoever. I remember like we used to train behind in the little school at the back of the Kipax. We weren't even warming up on the soccer field. So we used to get on a minibus outside the stadium and drive round to the, to the school behind the Kipax. I, I don't know what the school was called, but we, we was warming up on the gym. So the, so the club, so the coaching staff at the time took us away from that environment, from not being on, on, the, on the field, because before I came, they knew the lads were already defeated before actually kicking a ball. So they just want to get the lads out of the environment and um, get them into the environment where they, they felt safe and, and so they can just concentrate on the game. But um, it's just, yeah, it's just, a, just a weird, weird season that was in, in terms of how it all transpired and it, and it came about. But, Obviously, it was all about momentum. Obviously, you need momentum in any, any walk of life, but um, and confidence. But that '99 game, it, it installed a belief in the club with the fans again, with, within the team, locker room. Obviously, um, confidence high, and obviously, um, as you say, rest is history. We got back-to-back promotions. What, how did you end up uh, over in America? Because that's where you are these days. Yeah, I mean, ended up because I just had enough with the English game. I was, I was a free, when I left City, I was on a free transfer and uh, uh, the same week I was on a free transfer. ITV Digital collapsed that same week. So actually my, my last few months of City, my city contract, I went on loan to Grimsby Town. Um, and then it's a good job I went on loan because obviously I helped them um, stay in the championship at the time. Um, so I saved them from like, in relegation. Um, so they basically they knew who I were because at the time there was no one signed any players because they just lost their funds. They'd like every club was going about four million pounds at the time or something. So obviously that was like funding their salaries to the players and obviously keeping the clubs afloat. And then I, then I left Grimsby, spent a year at Grimsby, and went to Sheffield Wednesday. And it's the same thing again, like a massive club, but again it's like it's still the knock-on effect from the TV rights collapsing. And I just thought, you know, I, I can't keep doing this for, for my career. I need some security, I need to be settled. And I thought, I need to start looking overseas. I had a chance to go to South Korea. I went over to South Korea to check a team out. But when I was in South Korea, I actually got uh, a call, are you interested in MLS? And of course, I looked into the league. It was, it was a very relatively new league, but the way they were building it, it made sense to me. But obviously, it was just a, uh, an opportunity for me to play overseas and, and 
build a new life and just get away from the English game in a sense and went to America nobody knew who I was um, and I just had a sense of freedom yeah, I'm in a new environment here I'm helping to build a new league um, and it's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made